Hey, how you doing? I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. It is the 16th of December, day 16 of Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar 24 daily podcast to take you right up to Christmas as I look to see if it is possible for me to ever love Christmas again like I did back in my younger days. So why now? Why did I wait till now before doing this? Well, the last few Christmases during the Great Recession never felt like Christmas at all. I didn't welcome its annual arrival. It didn't necessarily stress me out. It was just a a nuisance getting in the way of what I needed to do to, to pull through the recession. Those Christmases from 2008 to 2013 were pretty much non-events. The lost Christmases for me. There have been three ages of Christmas in my life. The first finished in 1990. The golden age when Christmas, the countdown to the 24th, obsessed me. And then 91 to 2007, which took in two Christmases in Spain. Bizarre having your Christmas dinner outside in some patio with the sun beating down on you. Those Christmases that saw me gradually lose the love I'd felt for the Christmas period until I no longer welcomed it in my life. And then finally, the Great Recession Christmases, some of which were spent stuck in dead-end jobs, hoping colleagues wouldn't give me Christmas cards, which would require me to explain how I didn't give any out in return. There was the Christmas of 2013 when by then very much back on my feet and into a rigid daily routine of rising at 6 and commuting into my Portuguese cafe to write from 8 till 9 in the morning before eventually going into work. I would visit my local Sainsbury's in Nine Elms for a wonder as I waited for the cafe to open. The store was about to be knocked down to make way for a new, more ridiculously large store as part of a massive redevelopment of the area. Under this bridge on the way there, a filthy bridge covered in bird muck, a homeless man had set up during December, and each day seemed to have more and more of his belongings with him. Friends had ensured I never quite got to that stage during my troubles, and a good job too. I've got far too many OCDs to be homeless. I could never lie down on a bird muck heavy floor in a duvet. The man was usually asleep when I walked past him. Some mornings I'd leave my packed lunch at his side. Part of me reminded myself this was no great sacrifice on my part. I was never in any rush to eat sandwiches with basics cheese and ham as their filling. Then one morning a few days before Christmas there was an ambulance there. The following day the man's belongings were all gone. I never found out what happened to him but whenever I walk under that bridge and the spot he set up on I always think back to him. I spent four Christmas Eves on the spin at my cousin's freezing cold flat in Surrey, the only man I knew to live somewhere colder than me. This became something of a Great Recession Christmas tradition for me and I came to actually enjoy the train journey from Clapham Junction to his far-flung neck of the woods. I especially welcomed the balaclava he bought me last Christmas too. I slept in it and I slept in my coat too. His flat was that cold. On those journeys to his every Christmas, I'd bring with me cheap gifts and basics range hand wash to encourage him to wash his hands. In Christmas 2013, I returned to find the hand wash I'd brought with me in Christmas 2012 had barely been touched in the intervening Christmases. 
On Christmas Eve, we would go to his local kebab shop and return to his to see out Christmas Eve with our kebabs. Huge things we instantly regretted eating, loosening our belts to watch Morecambe and Wise. Two guys fallen on hard times, a million miles from the Christmases of our childhood, but we still had each other. These might turn out to be the Christmases I will eventually look to forget, but if I scratch below the surface, if I forget the cold, if I forget the bad food, if I forget the fact that last Christmas I had Mexican on Christmas Day, I came across a lot of goodwill when I was at my lowest. In 2010, marooned in that hotel with nowhere to go on Christmas Eve, a work colleague I hardly knew, a young guy called Curtis, who lived across the road from the hotel with his girlfriend, invited me to his for Christmas dinner. I turned the invite down. I'm too socially awkward. I would have spent the night wondering when I ought to leave and looking for that segue to any conversation to facilitate my exit. Then there was the girl called Anna in the same job that had laid me off. Very into Jesus, for which I sometimes gave a stick. But when I was lost in that hotel and with the job nearby, she would offer to meet up on her lunch breaks and kept checking up on how I was doing. People who hardly knew me but could see the sadness. I learned a lot from that. In those lost Christmases, maybe I saw something approaching the true meaning of Christmas. Even now, a few years on, recalling their kindness, I realise how fortunate I was to run into people like that. And while those Christmases were among the worst I'd ever experienced, I shouldn't forget that among them, there were special moments, acts of kindness from strangers, that perhaps took me closer than any Christmas before to what Christmas can be. I learned that it's often those who have nothing who give you everything. I will not forget that. Every day I open a door to my advent calendar. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then visit holdfastnetwork.com where you'll be able to see the pictures behind the doors each day. Behind today's door is a picture of St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church in Clapham, South West London, the church where I made my communion and confirmation as a kid. There were a succession of Christmas Eves where I alternated between attending Midnight Mass at St. Mary's, where I did the first seven years of my schooling, and St. Francis de Sales on Larkhall Lane in Stockwell, the church where my parents made the biggest mistakes of their lives and married in the summer of 71, and where at the start of this century my mum's funeral took place. My cousin was an altar boy at St. Francis's, and the padre was a lifelong friend of the family's also playing football with my dad for the Hogar Espanol team, as what my dad would always say was an outstanding centre-forward ahead of his time. The Padre also taught us at the Spanish Consulate School in Stockwell, so he was a very big figure in our lives when we were kids. Church was a, a big thing for me when I was a boy. I was obsessed with all things Jesus. I knew the order of the Old Testament stories off by heart. I wanted to be a priest as well as fulfilling my dad's dreams of me making it as a professional goalkeeper. It was the days before almost every game was on TV, so with all football matches being played on Saturdays, I figured this was doable. I could play for Liverpool on the Saturday and then give Mass on the Sunday. 
But arguably the most special of these midnight masses for me took place at St. Mary's uh, up near Clapham Common on Christmas Eve 1987. I went up there with a childhood friend, Richard, who lived around the corner from Mayflower in Atherfold Road, a road I've talked about before on this advent calendar, the most dogmuck-ridden road I've ever encountered. I was known in the area for walking in the middle of the road and it was Atherfold that drove me to that rivaling Clapham Common as the dirtiest place I knew. This is why I never welcome the snow in Lambeth. There is no such thing as white snow in my home borough. What I remember best about Midnight Mass in 87 is that it was the last time I ever took communion. In much later years I would question my faith, especially when I lost my family. But my reason for halting communion came much earlier in my life and uh, it was down probably to the mass hysteria surrounding AIDS in the mid-80s. It's hard to emphasise to the younger generation just how frightening this new disease was. I remember a classmate having a nosebleed in my last year at school and uh, he smeared blood on my hand. By the evening I was hammering out a letter to Claire Rayner, the Daily Mirror's agony aunt. I was in a panic. Did I need to get tested? It was a period when sports teams were encouraged to abandon team baths for showers and where churchgoers were told to take communion in the hand rather than the mouth. This disappointed me. I could understand why they were saying it, but it seemed a a backward step. When you make your communion for the first time, you always take the wafer in your hand and you continue to do so for your first few years. But by the time you're 10 or 11, you're ready to progress to taking the wafer in the mouth like the older kids. To suddenly, after just a few years, find I was being told I had to go back to putting my hand out for the wafer was disappointing. I think that was behind my walking away from the wafer. I never took communion again. I never went to midnight mass again. Let's do this again tomorrow. Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar is a Hold Fast Network production. Visit holdfastnetwork.com or download the show on iTunes. For more of Daniel's work, visit 1607westegg.wordpress.com and you can follow him on Twitter at 1607westegg.